Now today we're back in our series, From Now On. And this service specifically, this message is specifically about decisions. Now all of us, we make decisions each and every day. And some of the decisions we've already made. If you work a regular job Monday through Friday, tomorrow morning, what are you going to do? You're going to wake up, you're going to eat breakfast, you're going to go to work. Then you're going to go to lunch. Then you're going to finish the day at your job. Then you're going to come home, greet your family, eat dinner, and then go to bed. You've already made that decision. Another decision that we hope that you make is that you make church and faith a priority. But there's other decisions that we make each and every day that change from day to day. And frankly, frankly, they're mundane decisions. They're simple decisions about what you're going to wear, what shoes you're going to wear, what you're going to do during the day, even where you decide to go eat. Now, I wish, I wish that making the decision to go out to eat was easy, but it's not. My wife, my wife, I ask her, I say, hey, babe, where do you want to go for lunch? And she says, I don't know. I don't care. You pick. So I go ahead and I pick. And she says, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> so I make another recommendation. And she says, oh, I don't feel like that either. And then finally I say, what do you want? And she says, I don't care, you pick. <laughs> and I'm like, Where, what world am I living in? This is crazy town. I tell, it's just, it's just remarkable how this is such a difficult decision. I'll just tell you this, guys, if any of you have a solution for reading your wife's mind, please tell me because I want that information. I want to know how you do this. And if you can make it into an app, let me know because I want to jump in on that investment. Because guess what? We'll be millionaires. We'll be billionaires. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Some decisions are very simple, they're very mundane, but then there's some decisions that make a disproportionate impact. In fact, there's some moments and decisions that have disproportionate influence in our life. There are moments and decisions that change our life forever. I want to walk you down memory lane. Do you remember the day you met Jesus and you made him Lord and Savior of your life, that was a defining moment. It was a from now on moment. You made a decision, and from then on, your life was different. Maybe you graduated from high school, you graduated from college, you graduated from grad school. The day you met your spouse, the day you came to an altar and said, I do, to love, cherish, and honor till death do you part, that was a defining moment. The moment you met your child for the first time, the moment... You met all of your children for the first time. These are all defining moments. They're from now on moments. Life was one way, and then you come to that moment, and then from then on, your life is different. Well, today, my prayer for you, for many of you, if not all of you, that today would be a defining from now on moment of disproportionate influence in your life. Because I want you, we want you to have a life in faith community. Because from now on, life is better together. And to help us understand that, take a look. It's couches and porches and kitchen tables. It's stories shared and moments worth remembering. It's hoping and praying and taking chances. It's jokes and laughter and shoulders to cry on. It's questions and answers and I don't knows. It's knowing you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. It's messy and imperfect. It's giving 
and serving and growing better together. It's life, and we weren't meant to do it alone. Life is better together. Life, life is better together. Life is better together. God intended us to be connected to one another, and today... Our whole focus is to help you get connected in community, to get connected to a life group. Many of us, we do life alone, but God didn't intend for us to do life alone. He wants us to get connected. So at the very end of service, we're going to give you an opportunity in the hallway to ask questions about life groups. And if you want to get connected to a life group, we're going to invite you to join us in room 100 right after service. We have life group leaders who are there to greet you and to help you get connected. But if you're still on the fence... We hope that you've grabbed one of these cards. It says, four ways to connect to a life group. I hope that you have gotten a card. If you did not get a card, our ushers are here. I'm going to invite them to come all the way to the front. And if you did not get a card, I want to invite you to raise your hand. They're going to hand them out to you and ensure that you have some ways to get connected in life groups. To illustrate this, I want to tell you the story of a man in the Bible who did life alone for 38 plus years. He was all alone and he was isolated. And in fact, what I've discovered in my own life is that God wants us to be connected, but the enemy wants you to be disconnected. He wants you to be isolated and alone. But God didn't create us to be isolated and alone. He created us to be connected. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app or your Westover app, I want to invite you to join me in John chapter 5, verse 1 and following. And I want to share with you this story. You've heard it already once, but I want to repeat it to you so that you can get it in your mind and in your heart. Listen closely. Verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Watch this. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. So the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. They got into the legalism of things. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. Before I jump into my points today, I just want to say this. Don't let religious people hold you back from the purpose that God has for you. There's always going to be people around you, even people who are religious, who are saying, you know what, just go to church. You don't have to be connected. No. The Word of God tells us that we are designed for community. We're designed to be connected with. God wants us to have a from now on moment. But in order to have a from now on moment, we need to make some adjustments For you and I to have a from now on moment, we must be willing to, number one, confront your excuses. To confront our excuses. Verse 6 and 7 says this. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? 
The man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. What strikes me about this interchange between the man and Jesus is Jesus asks him a yes or no question. Do you want to get well? The man could have said yes or no, but what does he do? He has excuses. Now, how many of you have someone in your family, hopefully not the person sitting next to you, that makes excuses? We all have people in our life or at work. If you're a boss, you have employees who sometimes make excuses. And don't you just wish that they would own the situation so they can advance? Well, this is what happened. This man was making excuses. He's saying, oh, I can't get in the pool. No one's here to help me. I'm all by myself. No one, uh, someone jumps into the pool before I do. He's making excuses. He's actually suffering from something called learned helplessness. Psychologists, we counselors, we call it learned helplessness because people get in the state of power, powerlessness where they think because of their trauma and because of their repeated failure that they can't advance. He had learned over time that if he had excuses that people would go and say, Ay, pobrecito, let me give you some food. Let me give you some water. You can stay right here in your mess. I'll help you out. But you know, in life, not all help is help. Not all help is help. And this man had learned. And Jesus was giving him a solution. And all the man said was excuses. What he did not realize was that he was putting his faith in the wrong thing. He believed that the pool of water would save him. But what he didn't realize was that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the living water, Jesus, was right there to save him. He was putting his trust in water and not in the living water who is Jesus. In fact, in fact, I seem to think that this is how the man was set up. I think he was laying down, just relaxing. Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, do you want to be well? And the man says, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. I don't need you messing with me. How many of us are like that in our faith walk? Let's just have a conversation. How many of us are, on, in, are like that in our faith walk? Where we're, where we're just comfortable where we're at. Can I encourage you? Don't settle for the status quo. Don't marinate in your mess. Don't stay where you're at. God has a future for you, but it requires us to confront our excuses and be willing to say, I'm not comfortable here. God didn't create you to stay just by the pool of water, but to advance and to walk and to step forward. And can I encourage you today that whatever the Holy Spirit whispers in your spirit today, that you'll make that decision to say yes and amen to whatever God has for you. Be willing to advance. Don't just lie back and let life happen to you. Your future depends on your willingness to get up, pick up your mat, and walk. What I've discovered, though, is that the enemy always has a pool of water experience for you. There's always something that he wants to offer to you that's a counterfeit. For some of us, the pool of water is alcohol or drugs, workaholism, lust, an unhealthy relationship. He's always wanting to pre pre present a counterfeit to you. Take a drink. Go for it. 
But if he can't get you to drink the water of the world, what he'll do is he'll bring fear to you. He'll bring fear to you. He wants to win the war in your mind, the war between your ears. And the enemy wins the war between our ears by capitalizing on our fears. Have you ever been at a critical moment in your life and you almost hear a voice in your mind that says, oh, you'll never get better. Oh, things will never change. You're always going to stay stuck. You're never going to advance. Let me say this to you here and now. That is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of the enemy trying to pull you back to keep you on the mat. He wants to keep you on the mat. He wants to keep you held back. And we must be willing to say no. We have to confront the status quo. We got to go beyond where we're comfortable. Comfort zones are graveyards. Comfort zones are graveyards where dreams go to die and turn to dust. Your dreams and your future will turn to dust in a comfort zone. And we've got to be willing to push against that and say, no, I'm willing to be uncomfortable because when I'm uncomfortable is when I can step into God's future. And this is what God calls him to do. Someone once said, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get what I've always got. My family, my future, my kids, everything depends on my willingness to say, no, I'm going to leave some things behind so I can step forward into the thing that God has for you. God has a preferred future for you, but it requires us to take some steps and to move past where we're at. Can I just compel you from my heart to yours to just be willing to say no to the comfort zone of the culture and life and be willing to say yes to Jesus? Everything, everything that you're desiring in your heart is on the other side of you willing to say yes to God. But sometimes to have a from now on moment, you have to run a different play. You have to run a different play. Verses 8 and 9 says this, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. Watch that. At once he was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. It got me thinking. Thinking about the Super Bowl. I watched the Super Bowl last Sunday. And what has always struck me about the Super Bowl is that there's these teams. They push and they press and they grind it out because they want to be the champions. And usually, it's not just the team that has the most grit. It's the team that's willing to do anything and everything to win the game within the rules that ends up being the victor. Which then got me thinking about the Super Bowl previous. Super Bowl 53 between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, let me set this up for you. It was right at the end of the half, the team, the Philadelphia Eagles, had the ball. They were right close to the end zone, and they had to make a decision. What can we do to get in the end zone? The co coach wasn't comfortable. He called a timeout, and then this is what happened. Take a look. You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Philly special. Ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This could decide the game. Fourth and goal. Snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles touchdown. How do you figure?
What a play call by Doug Peterson. This play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats just going for it and to complete the pass that the Patriots could not. Wow. To Burton, to Foles, Elliott for the extra point. Wow. 34 seconds. What a call. The Philadelphia Eagles were willing to go for broke. They bet the farm. They did everything. They pulled out the trick play to win. I don't know if you know, but they did win. They won. They beat the defending champions because they were willing to go all in. They were willing to run a different play. God's compelling us today to run a different play, to do different, to live different, to go all in. For you see, in life, every moment of our life is the Super Bowl. Every day and every play matters. It, platter, it matters in your job. It matters in your marriage. It matters with your family. It matters to your future. Every decision, every play that you run in life matters. We've got to be willing to say, I'm willing to do something different to win at the game of life. But the problem many of us have is that we run our own plays. We run our own plays and then it ends up being a mess and we're wondering what happened. Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but actually Nick Foles, the quarterback, he goes up to the coach and he says, do you want to run the Philly Philly? And what does the coach tell him? Yeah, let's do it. In our faith journey, we need to be willing to ask the coach. And God is the coach. You're not the coach. I don't know if you know this, but God is wiser and smarter and knows all things. He is God and newsflash, you are not. And he knows the play to run at every moment. When you're having a difficult conversation with your spouse and you're at an impasse, God knows the play to run. When you're having a difficult conversation with your children and you don't seem to be getting through to them, God knows the play to run. At each moment in life, he knows the play to run. And some of us, we need to pause before we run the play. We need to pray before we run the play. We need to ask the coach, what do I need to do in this moment, God, in order to, to win the game and to be successful? We need to ask the coach. So here's my question. In your life, who's the coach? Are you the coach or is God the coach? If he's not the coach, let him be the coach. He's the best play caller in the universe and he'll, he'll call the right play for you. But I don't know if you noticed this, but on this team, the Philadelphia Eagles, they didn't do it by themselves. They did it as a team. In fact, all championship teams, they do life together. They win together. These teams, they fight hard. They compete. They push together as a team, and they fight together. They all work together for a common goal. Here at Westover, life groups are the teams that we put together. In fact, they're the teams that you create, the teams where you come together. My wife and I, we have two life groups. I have two life groups. I have a men's life group. These are some of the guys. And I also have a family life group. These are my people. This is my tribe. This is my crew. This is my team. These are the people that have got my back. These are the people that encourage me when life gets difficult. They're there to celebrate with me when life is going well. Can I encourage you? Because I have the great experience of being connected. It's great. My life is great. And your life can be great as well. We want to encourage you to get connected in community so you don't have to do life all alone. 
But sometimes, in order to have a from now on moment, you need to change your address. You need to move from where you're at and go somewhere else. Verse 8 and 9 says this, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat, and he walked himself out. Are you willing to walk yourself out of your circumstance? Nothing changes if nothing changes. You've got to be willing to change your life. You've got to be willing to change your address sometimes to change your life. You've got to be willing to say, I'm willing to go beyond where I'm currently at. God has a better future for me. Sometimes you have to move out of your circumstance to move into the thing that God has for you. Whatever God tells me, I want to do. I want to pick up my mat. I want to walk. I want to step into the thing that God has for us. He has something great for you. So this is the moment. This is the moment where we make the decision. Do you want to settle for the status quo or do you want what God has for you? There's something powerful on the other side of you saying yes to community. You don't have to do life alone. You don't have to be isolated or scared by yourself. There are other believers here at this church who want to connect with you to help you advance. And so we've designed this moment intentionally for you. We're actually having our kids' ministry and student ministry continue until the full hour is complete. We're going to give you time to connect with our life group leaders. In fact, they're going to step out right now to be prepared for you. So if you're here, life group team, go ahead and step out and get ready to receive people. We're going to have them step out because they want to tell you about what life groups are all about, what community and faith community is all about. So if you have questions, there's going to be members of our team in the hallways there to answer questions for you. And if you want to get connected today, we're going to invite you to go to room 100. There's going to be team members there to encourage you and help you get connected today. Right now, as we close, I want to invite you to stand and I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to encourage you to hear the voice of God that's saying, get up, pick up your mat, and walk out of your circumstance, and walk into community. And if you actually look at the very end of this story, what ends up happening is Jesus, what he does is he heals the man, and then he sends him to the temple. And what was at the temple? Other believers. He had been isolated and disconnected. He had been around some small-minded people. And Jesus said, go, go to the temple. Show yourself to the religious leaders. Tell them that you're healed and then go find community. And that's what this man does. God intends for us to be connected. Can I pray for you? God, we come to you. You're challenging us today, just like you did with that man who had been stuck for 38 years. He had been stuck in his situation, but you came along and said, do you want to be well? God, I'm so grateful that you ignored the excuses this man had and you told him to get up, pick up his mat and walk. Lord, may all of us as believers be willing to say yes to you, to be willing to pick up our mat, to change our address, to confront our excuses, to be willing to run a different play, to get the future that you've intended for us, God. May we be willing as believers to say yes to you in that regard. There's some people who are here today and they're disconnected. God, there's some people who they have sensed in their heart the call to start a life group. God, may they be willing to say yes to starting a life group, 
to create community for others, but for those who are here who need to be connected, may they be willing to say yes to joining a life group. Empower them, encourage them in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen.